engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Great googly moogly. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. And yes, I totally just said that. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I listen, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All the people wanting to know where the heck I was uh, on Thursday and Friday. I was at a conference in Orlando. Uh, I have this. Uh, well, I, I don't think it's I have an amazing knack to be on vacation when crazy things happen. I think it's that they these people know that I'm on vacation. And so they conspire to have the crazy things happen when I'm on vacation. But hey, the latest crazy thing happened overnight. The New Yorker releasing a hit job on Brett Kavanaugh. There are 10 things about the latest accusation, and these are quotes. These are quotes from the New Yorker. And now, by the way, there's more news about the New Yorker situation. And I will tell you that after we go through these quotes, I'm just going to read you the quotes. The New Yorker has not confirmed with other eyewitnesses that Kavanaugh was present at the party. Her memories contained gaps because she had been drinking at the time of the alleged incident. It wasn't until she had been coached for six days by her lawyer that Ramirez said she felt confident enough of her recollections to say that she remembers Kavanaugh had exposed himself at a drunken dormitory party. She acknowledges that she, quote, quickly became inebriated and that, quote, she was on the floor foggy and slurring her words. Here's another direct quote. Ramirez acknowledged that there are significant gaps in her memories of the evening. Also, like with Ford, all the eyewitnesses deny it. Quote, one of the male classmates who Ramirez has egged on Kavanaugh denies any memory of the party. I don't think Brett would flash himself to Debbie or anyone for that matter, he said. The other male classmate Ramirez that was involved in the incident commented, I have zero recollection of this. Also, like with Ford, her best friend from college denies this. Here's the quote. This is a woman I was best friends with. We shared intimate details of our lives, and I was never told the story by her or by anyone else. It never came up. I didn't see it. I never heard of it happening. Let me give you another quote. Just read it. Just, just contemplate this. Digest it as I read this for you. In a statement, two of those male classmates who Ramirez alleged were involved in the incident, the wife of a third male student she said was involved, and three other classmates, Dino Ewing, Louisa Gary, and Dan Murphy, disputed Ramirez's account of the events. Quote, We were the people closest to Brett Kavanaugh during his first year at Yale. He was a roommate to some of us, and we spent a great deal of time with him, including in the dorm where the incident allegedly took place. Some of us were also friends with Debbie Ramirez during and after her time at Yale. We can say with confidence that if the incident Debbie alleged ever occurred, we would have seen or heard about it, and we did not. The behavior she describes would be completely out of character for Brett. In addition, some of us knew Debbie long after Yale, and she never described this incident until Brett's Supreme Court nomination was pending. Editors from The New Yorker contacted some of us because we are the people who would know the truth, and we told them that we never saw or heard about this. Now, last quote. This is from Kavanaugh himself. The alleged event from 35 years ago did not happen. The people who knew me then know this did not happen and have said so. 
This is a smear, plain and simple. I look forward to testifying on Thursday about the truth and defending my good name and the reputation for character and integrity I've spent a lifetime building against these last-minute allegations. Now, he's not waiting until Thursday. He's going to be on Fox tonight at 7 o'clock with Martha McCallum, he and his wife defending himself, and that's a good thing. Let me read you one more quote. It is not in the New Yorker, folks. The quote I'm about to read you is not in the New Yorker. You see, Debbie Ramirez didn't just go to the New Yorker. Now, Ronan Farrow will tell you she wanted an exclusive with the New Yorker, so she didn't cooperate with the New York Times. That's why the New Yorker has this and the New York Times doesn't. But the New York Times says, whoa, 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 wait a second, Ronan. The New York Times declined to run the story. The New York Times, a left-wing publication, declined to run an attack on a conservative Supreme Court nominee. Again, I say, this is the New York Times. This is a direct quote from today's New York Times. The New York Times had interviewed several dozen people. Not one dozen, not two dozen, several dozen people over the past week in an attempt to corroborate her story and could find no one with firsthand knowledge. Ms. Ramirez herself contacted Yale classmates asking if they recalled the incident and told some of them that she could not be certain Mr. Cavanaugh was the one who exposed himself. That's her allegation that he exposed himself to her while she was laying on the floor passed out drunk. Didn't, didn't assault her. No, 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 no. Just, just exposed himself when being egged on by others. That's, that's the accusation. And again, the New York Times has interviewed several dozen people over the past week in an attempt to corroborate her story and could find no one with firsthand knowledge. Ms. Ramirez herself contacted former Yale classmates asking if they recalled the incident and told some of them that she could not be certain Mr. Kavanaugh was the one who exposed himself. Now, Jane Mayer who wrote the story with Ronan Farrow, is a progressive activist herself. She has a long history of attacks on Republicans in The New Yorker. She has attacked and, and falsely characterized the Koch Institute, the vice president, Rick Santorum, Clarence Thomas, Ted Cruz, on and on and on it goes. She went on MSNBC with Nora O'Donnell. I want you to listen to this quote of hers. Jane, the corroborating witness, which you says has all the details, including Kavanaugh's name, where did that witness come from and where did that witness get the uh, uh, information about this from, if, she, if that person doesn't know Ramirez? Uh, he remembers it from, from, he was in the same dorm, same, same little building on Yale's old campus, and he remembers it clearly. I asked him, you know, of but course we're going to be it? very careful. No, as I've said, he heard it from someone who was there, and um, as I've said, um, we interviewed him and I said to him, are you sure that it was Brett Kavanaugh? He said, I am 100% sure. But he, as you admit, um, he was not so. at the party. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations. Did you know that you are a witness to George Washington crossing the Delaware? You, my friends, you listening right now here on WSB at 16 after the hour on the 24th day of September 2018, you are a witness to Caesar crossing the Rubicon. In fact, you are a direct firsthand witness to Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection. You're a witness to his birth. You are a witness to God saying, let there be light. According to Jane Mayer. Because according to Jane Mayer, you don't have to see something 
you don't have to hear something. All you have to do is hear about it sometime later from someone else and boom, you're a witness. Y'all, that's exactly what she said. I mean, listen to this clip. Listen to this clip again. She's saying that a corroborating witness is someone who hears a secondhand account at a later date. That's a witness. Jane, the corroborating witness, which you says has all the details, including Kavanaugh's name, where did that witness come from and where did that witness get the uh, uh, information about this from if, she, if that person doesn't know Ramirez? Uh, he remembers it from, from he was in the same dorm, same, same little building on Yale's old campus, and he remembers it clearly. I asked him, you know, of course, we're going to be it? very careful. No, as I've said, he heard it from someone who was there. And um, heard as about I've it from said, someone who was there. Um, we interviewed him, and I said to him, are you sure that it was Brett Kavanaugh? He said, I am 100% sure. But he, as you admit, um, he was not so, at the party. So he wasn't at the party. And all the claims are collapsing. He wasn't at the party. He was not there. He did not see it. He did not hear it. He heard about it later from someone else. And miracle of miracles, somehow. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that person is now called a witness. That person is called a witness. No, that's not. The left is trying to reuse, repackage, and new speak the English language to death in order to destroy Brett Kavanaugh. I got a question. I want you to mull on this over commercial break. If you're a son, if you've got a son, if you're a mom, and you've got a son, what do you think hearing these people say the accusation is enough? He's got to be presumed guilty until he's innocent. A woman comes forward who's a progressive activist, collaborates with the Democrats to smear him. What do you think for your son? Now, let me ask you this. You got a daughter. She's sexually assaulted. She waits 30 years to come forward. She's hit it the entire time. Where does she go? Does she go to the police? Does she go to the press? Does she go to the pastor? Does she go to her parents? Or does she run to the politicians? My suspicion is that if that happened to your daughter, the first people she would run to would not be the politicians. And that's what happened here. Ronan Farrow is admitting that the second claim, the woman went to the Democrats first, just like the first claim. And all the witnesses say they have no memory of it ever happening. Well, here we go. Happening now, this is the P clip Fox News has released. The truth is I've never sexually assaulted anyone in high school or otherwise. I am not questioning and have not questioned that perhaps Dr. Ford at some point in her life was sexually assaulted by someone in some place. But what I know is I've never sexually assaulted anyone. There we go. That's what he's saying. He's never sexually assaulted anyone. He doesn't want to deny that maybe she was assaulted by someone, but he did not do it. And 
he doesn't want to take the blame for it. Now, this this is all we know. His interview is going to happen at um, 7 o'clock tonight. Martha McCallum on Fox News. And it's going to be very interesting to see what questions she has. Now, I know Martha McCallum. She's quite fair. And she's willing to ask uh, tough questions. This is not going to be a softball interview. When we come back... Mitch McConnell on the floor of the Senate uh, about an hour ago lost his business lashing out at the Democrats over their attacks on Brett Kavanaugh. It was a deserved beatdown of the Democrats. I've got the audio. I'm coming, I'm coming. I got all my new Apple goodness, and it all showed up right as the show was starting. So I'm still trying to get it all set up. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Oh my goodness, we got to go to Mitch McConnell because Mitch McConnell is having none of it. He and Orrin Hatch both have come out pretty strong in the last 24 hours, particularly on the second bit of allegations. By the way, you should note that Ronan Farrow was coming out and, and said that now... Two of the people who were on his on the list of they they believe and stand with Brett Kavanaugh have now come out and said, whoa, 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 take our names off this. We don't want to dispute Debbie's claims. And he seems to think that this bolsters uh, Debbie Ramirez's credibility. What it actually does is it tells me that what these people are doing is they're being harassed by progressive activists for defending Brett Kavanaugh. They probably work at liberal organizations and they want to take their they want their names out of this story to stop the left wing harassment. McConnell is having none of it. Here is Mitch McConnell from the floor of the Senate about an hour ago. They kept this one secret from Republicans, too, by the way. Evidently, several Democratic offices knew of this allegation for at least a week. But like with Dr. Ford's claim, they sat on this one, too. So the committee could not take any proper action. They just wanted it to wind up in the press. Another orchestrated last-minute hit on the nominee. And now they're acting like it's a legitimate reason delay things to delay things even further as though they hadn't already announced themselves as completely opposed to this nomination anyway as if they hadn't already promised the far left they would lead the fight to bring this nomination down whatever it took whatever the cost democrats already made up their mind and chosen their tactics delay obstruct and resist whatever it took whatever the truth really was they were going to do whatever they could to stop this qualified experience and mainstream nominee. Democrats have signaled for months they'd put on whatever performance the far left special interests demanded and throw all the mud, all the mud they could manufacture. Well, it's not like they didn't warn us, but even by the far left's standards, this shameful, shameful smear campaign has hit a new low. It has. In fact, now you've got uh, reporters coming out and saying, oh, Kavanaugh is giving an interview to Martha McCallum of Fox News. He must be guilty. Because he went on Fox News. Because he went on Fox, he must be guilty. I, I'm sorry, he had to go on Fox because the present heads of all of the other networks are under investigations for sexual harassment and covering it up. Fox is the only one with the female head of a uh, president of the network who hasn't covered up sexual assault allegations. So he had to go there. This is, uh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, the man cannot get a fair trial. Well, I want to tell you 
what I'm hearing. I got a phone call from one of the senators on the Judiciary Committee. And he has filled me on on their, on well, I should say his thinking, but I, several of them, I think, are thinking the same thing. I also got a phone call from someone on the outside who is very familiar with the thinking of many of the Republican senators, including many people are worried about. So I, I'm familiar with the thinking of some members of the Judiciary Committee and some of the, the Senate Republican caucus, including the thinking of several of those who are uh, in dispute as to where they will vote. And I am fairly confident that they, not all of them have made up their mind. But I think what they largely realize and want to see play out on Thursday, if it plays out, is that these are partisan hits. There is a real understanding, I'm told, among Republicans in the Senate that if they can't get Brett Kavanaugh through, then they probably lose the Senate in November. Contra, the, the media right now is pushing out the story that if they confirm Kavanaugh, they lose the Senate. Except it's red state seats that really matter. You've got to have these red state Republicans come out and pick off uh, Bill Nelson and Joe Donnelly and Joe Manchin and Heidi Heitzkamp and Claire McCaskill in order for them to, to really make ground in the Senate. And they think if they don't confirm Brett Kavanaugh that that chance goes away. But more importantly... There is a real recognition among a number of senators that this is a partisan hit job and that it does not matter who they pick. They will be attacked. If it's Amy Comey Barrett, my preference, uh, she's going to be attacked for being part of a kooky evangelical Catholic cult. If it's Mike Lee, he's going to be attacked for being a Mormon. They're going to tie him to a polygamous group doesn't matter who it is they're going to viciously attack them so the thinking among republicans is unless dr ford really surprises them on monday or on on thursday rather they've got to vote for him and i i would tell you i hope what they will do is they will push forward with the vote on thursday that's what I want. And I hope that you may consider texting the word now to 52886. Text the word now to 52886 and tell your Republican senators to go on and confirm Brett Kavanaugh now. The reason I'm telling you to do that is they're hearing a lot from progressive activists. Even here in Georgia, there's an organized activity uh, against Republicans, against David Perdue, against uh, Johnny Isaacson. We got to hold the line on this. We got to defend Brett Kavanaugh. If we're not willing to stand up and fight for Brett Kavanaugh, why should they be bothered to stand up and fight for Brett Kavanaugh? It's good that Brett Kavanaugh and his wife themselves are standing up today. Because I think more people are going to be willing to stand up for him and fight for him. There is an interesting issue here on this fighting business that I want to explore with you when we come back. It's 54 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 404 872 750 one 800 
WSB Talk. Uh, and I am happy to spend time on phone calls in the next hour. Now that we've gotten most of this out of the way, I do want to spend a little bit of time when we come back, though, playing some of the audio from the Democrats who are, have come out fairly aggressively admitting that they think Brett Kavanaugh is guilty because they disagree with his judicial philosophy. Um, that's a pretty awful thing when you think about it, that they don't care about the truth of the matter asserted. They care about stopping him from getting on the Supreme Court. Now, we all knew this was happening. We all knew this was the situation, uh, but they've come out pretty explicitly now, and they're saying this, and I think that actually overplays their hand and helps um, someone like Susan Collins or Elisa Murkowski or Jeff Flake make up their mind in Kavanaugh's favor. I, I really do think so. What I find fascinating is how Kavanaugh has united the right. Y'all, I, I get emails from a lot of you. Uh, it, it's kind of like a couple of weeks, I guess two weeks ago, I mentioned chicken fried steak on the air, and I was shocked by the number of you who have my cell phone number that I've clearly given it to because I have text messages with so many of you saying, here, try this recipe. It's like, man, I am way too friendly with my audience. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, it, it is, it, it's shocking to me. The number of you who have emailed me, texted me, direct messaged me, Instagram me saying, oh, he's done for, he's done for. This is it. The Republicans will never back him up. And that's not at all what I'm hearing from either the White House or the Senate. And take the White House out of this, because, of course, President Trump is going to stand by his man. Uh, the president absolutely is going to stand by his man. But the number of Senate, or Senate Republicans who I've talked to who know what's going on here, they're not oblivious to it. And they also understand that they fundamentally have to stand up for Brett Kavanaugh because if they don't, they know that the next person is going to get attacked just as savagely. They, they've got to stand up for him now. They've got to confirm Kavanaugh. If they don't confirm Kavanaugh, it, it's largely game over for him. And they understand this. They totally understand this. And they're going to stand up for him. Uh, I would not be surprised if we see Chuck Grassley move immediately for a vote after the testimony concludes on Thursday night. Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here, 8 after the hour, the phone number 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK. Oh my goodness gracious, uh, have we got, well, listen, I'm going to keep going on the Kavanaugh stuff and I am happy to take your phone calls on it as well. Um, it is becoming a rather big deal. As this story continues to develop, we now have another quote from Fox News that has come out that Kavanaugh has said he uh, did not have. Um, how do we? I, I this is the sort of stuff I hate to talk about at this time of day because I know y'all have kids in your car. Um, he he did not have intimate relations. Uh, put it to you that way, he did not have intimate relations with any girl until late in his college life. So there, 
Uh, the Democrats, of course, are going to attack this because they believe normalcy is deviancy and deviancy is normal. And anyone who doesn't use their body or the body of others promiscuously is somehow uh, to be condemned. I mean, that that that's the there's no way for Brett Kavanaugh to win in this situation, uh, the way the Democrats are stacking the deck against him. I mean, genuinely, there is nothing he can do other than quit. And he's not going to quit. He released a statement earlier today saying not. I, I want to play you two statements. Uh, Senators Hirono and Blumenthal on Kavanaugh. Uh, Jake Tapper asked Senator Hirono about his presumption of innocence. Doesn't Kavanaugh have the same presumption of innocence as anyone else in America? I put his denial in the context of everything that I know about him in terms of how he approaches his cases. As I said, his credibility is already very questionable in my mind and in the minds of a lot of uh, my fellow Judiciary Committee members, the, the uh, Democrats. So he comes and, you know, when I say that he's very outcome driven, he has an ideological agenda, it's very outcome driven. And I can sit here and talk to you about some of the cases that, that exemplifies his, in, in my view, inability to be fair in the cases that come before him. This is a person that is going to be sitting on our Supreme Court making decisions that will impact women's reproductive choice. He has a, he very much is against women's reproductive choice. So what about his presumption of innocence? Because he's pro-life, he gets no presumption of innocence. Now, she wouldn't say yes or no, would she? She went to that, that, that because of his record on uh, what she believes his position on abortion will be, that he's bad and he doesn't deserve a presumption of innocence. Well, Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, the guy who lied about being in Vietnam, uh, he was on MSNBC earlier and he got called out on this. Uh, listen to this. To what extent should we apply an evidentiary standard here? Does Judge Kavanaugh deserve the presumption of innocence? Is his judicial views informing senators how they view these accusations fair and accurate and just? Great question, and let's break it down. First of all, we're dealing here with a confirmation for a lifetime appointment to the nation's highest court, a promotion. We're dealing with confirmation, not conviction. So the standard is not proof beyond a reasonable doubt. In this instance, Judge Kavanaugh can rebut these allegations, they're serious and credible, with the kinds of evidence that is within his control. You know, there's a doctrine of law that says the party that controls the evidence after there's a prima facie case made has a duty to come forward. It's the burden of production. And you can analogize it here. I don't want to talk too much legalese, but there is a burden on the part of the White House to do the investigation, what are they hiding? What are they afraid the American people will see? And there's a pattern here because it follows his evasive and misleading, seemingly misleading testimony before the Judiciary Committee. <laughs> so again, not only is the burden of proof on the White House and Kavanaugh's uh, side, but they've got the burden of, pr of production as well. They got to prove he didn't do it is basically what Blumenthal is saying. I mean, you're guilty until proven innocent. Think about your own children. Think about your own children. We've seen this with the Duke rape case. We've seen this with the Central Park Five going back to the day. We've seen this with the University of Virginia. Time and time again, 
young men falsely accused and the media rushes not just to condemn them, but convict them and send them to the, uh, send them to death row. I mean, the Rolling Stone article with the University of Virginia, the, the Duke rape case, the Central Park Five, it goes on and on again. How many young black men have been falsely accused and put in jail? That's what the Democrats are doing here. Absolutely offensive. This makes, this really does make me angry, actually. I try not to be these days as emotionally involved in the stuff that I cover because there's so much to be emotionally involved in. And I've only got so much time in the day to care about stuff and only so many things that I care about. But I really do care about this. Here's a man who the Democrats have put in a position who there's nothing he can do to prove his innocence in their mind because of his judicial philosophy. Which tells me everything I need to know about the veracity of the accusations against him. They don't matter. You have two women who have come forward. They've listed witnesses. Both of them have listed numerous witnesses. In both cases, they have no witnesses. All the people they listed as having knowledge, having been there, say no. One of the individuals, let's go back to to Christine Blasey Ford. By the way, we can tell that Christine Blasey Ford coordinated her Senate testimony for this New Yorker piece to come out. And I don't think that's gotten enough attention here, and I think we need to give this some attention. Uh, Starting last Monday, Senator Grassley asked her to testify today, as a matter of fact. Her testimony was supposed to be today. They spent an entire week, and she said, no, 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 I I don't want the senators asking me questions. I can't get fair hearing from these senators. I want Brett Kavanaugh to go first, da, 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 da. and then suddenly it's it's I can't do it on Monday. I'm scared to fly. I don't like confined spaces. I got to wait until Thursday. I don't like confined spaces. And oh, by the way, I only want the senators to question me now. No one else can question me. Only the senators can question me. After a week of saying that she didn't want the senators to question her, she wanted someone else to question her. Now only the senators can question her, and it's got to be on Thursday because she's scared to fly. She's got to drive across the country. Well, Senator Grassley made public the letter from Christine Blasey Ford to Dianne Feinstein. And in the letter, Blasey Ford told Dianne Feinstein that she would be in Washington, D.C. and able to speak with her in private on August 7th. Or she would be back in California and able to speak to her on August 10th. So August 7th in D.C. or August 10th in California? You're thinking 48 hours. That gives her plenty of time to drive back to California. Except it doesn't. Does anybody have any idea how long it takes to drive from Washington, D.C. to um, to Menlo Park, California? Where Stanford is, where she is, where she's based. Basically the San Francisco area. Anybody have any idea? 40 hours minimum and that's driving non-stop with no stops for gas no stops for food no stops for sleep it takes 40 hours there is no possible way for her to have driven between august 7th 
and August 10th to get back to California. She had to have driven. She had to have flown. She had to have flown. Maybe she took Amtrak, but if she took Amtrak, even then, I mean, that would mean that she could take Amtrak over a two-day period and get to D.C. in time for Monday, in time for today. She didn't. Why didn't she? Why didn't she want to? Because according to the New Yorker article, they began pursuing this story because Senate investigators had been tipped off and had been looking into it. The Ford legal team knew this story was coming. And they wanted to delay testifying until it came out. This is all a coordinated partisan attack on Brett Kavanaugh. And they've structured in such a way that there is no way for him to prove his innocence. That's the Democratic Party we're dealing with today. They do not care about truth. They don't care about a presumption of innocence. They don't care about the right of the accused to confront their accuser. All they care about is abortion. And in service to Moloch, they will do anything they can to keep killing kids, even if it means assassinating the character of a good man. It is 26 after the hour. Let's go to the phones now. If we can, I want to go to David up next. Welcome, David. How are you? Eric, I'm going to do my best not curse on your show. I, yeah, please, watching, please don't do that. <laughs> I've been watching this Kavanaugh thing, and it's just all it's done is make my blood boil. These politicians have gone on, out of their way to just assassinate this man's character, destroy his honor, and ruin his credibility when these same dirtbags have a $15 million slush fund to pay off sexual harassment lawsuits. Yep. Listen, it's an insult to the American people to have to sit and watch this. It is. It's an insult to Brett Kavanaugh and his family. It's an insult to our intelligence about what's going on. Uh, And what really makes it amazing to me are the number of people who have condemned Brett Kavanaugh and have decided he is guilty uh, because they've read a New York or New Yorker article or a Washington Post article. They've never actually heard from the accusers. Um, we, and, you know, at, the, at, the, at the end of the day, this man will never get his honor back in the eyes of the media. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I'm already seeing progressives out there today saying, well, I think if he gets on the Supreme Court, it'll it'll ruin the reputation of the court forever, which I mean, they just they want to undermine the reputation of the court anyway. They want to delegitimize it as they want to delegitimize all of our institutions. Um, you know what I'm, what I'm scared of, Eric, is if the Republicans don't put him in. This is going to set a precedent for the liberals. They can just keep using this tactic over and over. Yeah, and see, that's why I think they ultimately are going to confirm him, David, because the ones I've talked to are very insistent. Uh, They understand what's going on here. They understand that this is a democratic tactic and that it's going to become a democratic strategy, a long-term strategy, if they don't push back on this. Uh, All of the Republicans I've talked to seem to think that their colleagues in the Republican conference in the Senate are on board recognizing that if they can't confirm Kavanaugh, it's all downhill from here with Democratic accusations against anyone. Jesus himself would come under attacks claiming he sexually assaulted someone. The Democrats would do that. It 
It is Eric Erickson here, 38 After the Hour. I need to make you guys aware of a weather condition. It's not directly impacting our area right now, but over in Alabama, massive storm system coming up from the south. It's stretching towards Georgia, not quite into Georgia, but storms are moving south to north. Uh, we do have some uh, scattered showers in the Covington Social Circle area. Uh, some scattered showers down in the Lovejoy Hampton area as well. Nothing real major right now, but uh, it is inching ever closer. We will stick with Kurt Mellish and he will give you the real update on the weather. I right now, however, want to go check in on the phone lines. Uh, first, I want to go to Robert calling from Atlanta, who's been waiting very patiently. Robert, welcome. Hey, thanks, Eric. Um, from your professional experience, on a scale of 1 to 100, what are the odds of Kavanaugh uh, being um, nominated to the Supreme Court? Confirmed at this point, I want to say it is over 80%. All right, all right. And yeah, sure. I know I got a lot of friends who are like, no, he's toast. No, I, I'm telling you, I'm oh. talking to the senators. And unless Blazy Ford throws a real wild card out there, um, I think he gets confirmed because they don't want the precedent of dirty tricks. Well, I hope he passes, and I'll keep my prayers for him. Yes, indeed. Yeah, we really all need to pray for his family because uh, they are under some vile attacks. His daughter's are being attacked. His wife is being attacked. Uh, just really, really awful stuff. Um, I, by the way, uh, I want to tell you again, if you text the word now in OW to 52886, you'll be able to generate an email. And if you have Twitter, a tweet to your two senators, uh, whether you're in Georgia or not, uh, anywhere in the country, just put in your address and you'll be able to generate an email and a tweet. But you just it's the word now, folks, N-O-W. We've had a couple of people uh, who have called and said uh, they're they're putting in other words and it's kicking back. No, it's just one word now, N-O-W. Text that word now to 52886 to tell your senators to confirm Kavanaugh now. Uh, just one word, three letters. It's not that hard. Please do it. It's to five, two, eight, eight, six, and you can take action now, Jerry and John's Creek. How are you? Hey, Eric, how's it going? Good. What's going on? Uh, question. All right. So what precedent does this set in the back of Kavanaugh's mind in, in form of hatred for Democrats moving forward anything that the democrats want in their opinion of what's good for this country i I know kavanaugh is supposed to remain neutral but when you do this to the man's family and to him what they're doing i mean we're all human yeah yeah i you know i think that the man is so grounded in his faith i mean he really is that I think there is a lot of forgiveness in his heart. Uh, I really do believe that. I'm not just saying it. I really do think that. Uh, but I also think that he he is a professional enough and has a long record enough that he's not going to let personal grievances play into his judicial philosophy. If anything, it is his judicial philosophy causing this. And so I think the way it will turn out is that it will make him less likely to go wobbly long-term like an Anthony Kennedy, 
knowing that he was persecuted by the Democrats for his ideology. And so he will stand fast to his ideology as a result of the way they have treated him. It, it, it will it will not be a cheap ideology for him. It'll be something that he suffered for, and that'll make him hold on to it even more, which is another reason I think he'll be great on the court. Back to the phones we go to Vicki in Fayetteville. You are going to be next if I can push the button there. Vicki, welcome. Hi. Well, um, thank you for having my call. Sure. So I talked to your screener. He uh, wasn't aware of this. I know there was a first GoFundMe that they put up to get her 200 grand real quick for security. Right. Over the weekend, a second one popped up asking for 150000 to cover her expenses to get to Washington. So I was just kind of wondering what kind of bulletproof limo she was planning on buying. <laughs> She's buying a Star Trek transporter. <laughs> It's going to beam her to Washington. (laughs) I mean, seriously, maybe it's one of those rocket cars that um, I know what it is. I know my son, my nine-year-old just told me that they've released the fastest car in the world. It's the Bugatti Chiron. It's like $1.2 million. It goes 400 kilometers an hour. That's roughly, I think, what, 240, 250 miles an hour. Wow. That could be it. Okay. Okay. Now, I. I'm I'm 60 years old, so surely to goodness, if I think hard enough, I can find somebody back when I was 18 or 19 or whatever, and I can get me a GoFundMe and I can get me one of those cars. Oh, absolutely! Listen, I'm telling you, if you go online tomorrow and ping Ronan Farrow and just say, "Hey, I got a story about Brett Kavanaugh," you're a millionaire. Boom. It's it's better than winning the lottery, and you're taking progressives' monies, uh, money that they would otherwise be spending to beat like Brian Kemp or somebody. Yeah, that might be a good idea. That, that, now, that, if I get famous, <laughs> if I get famous, am I going to have to like? <laughs> Listen, but you got to do this, Vicky. This, this is important. When they come to you and they tell mm-hmm. you to tell your sexual harassment story of how Brett Kavanaugh groped you, I want you to be sure to tell them when they asked you what you thought that you were actually grading it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I had to say I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Say, listen, he, he was a, he was a C plus. I was hoping for an A. <laughs> Wait, what, you know, didn't Stormy Daniels grade Trump? And hey, listen, and I, I, know, I can't, I, I listen, I, I've got to like stab my eardrums and pour bleach into my head. If we talk about her right now, this is, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my. We're going to get in trouble. My, my call screener is texting me right now. Dude, you're going to get in trouble if you keep this going. <laughs> Thank you very much for the phone call, Vicki. You're welcome. I enjoyed it very much. Keep on doing what you're doing. You're great. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, folks, I, I really, I, we need, we need like the, the fake Kavanaugh accusers to come forward now. And and say like yeah you know he he groped me I, I just I had an itch in my back and I wanted him to scratch a little harder because <laughs> I mean we might as well add our fake claims to the whole situation I mean, this whole thing is just so gross if you can't laugh about it you're gonna cry about it I it just it's it's just awful this man's family is attacked his wife is attacked he is attacked his reputation ruined. By left-wing accusations, the thing that will make him whole is to put him on the court, and the Republicans should. And if they don't, 
they're going to come after the next guy. They're going to come after this. Do you remember uh, Christine Jeffers Scory or whatever her name was? She was the old bishop of the uh, Episcopal Church in America. Uh, she's the one who kind of led them out of Christianity uh, into paganism. And there's the, there's the story Paul tells in the Bible of the woman who was possessed by the demon who could see the future. And he freed her of that demon. And he was chased out of town by the men who were profiting from this woman's being able to tell the future. And that woman, that, that bishop, that, that Episcopal bishop, attacked him saying that this was St. Paul abusing a woman, that she had a spiritual gift and he drove it out of her. He assaulted her. He took advantage of her. He abused her for doing that. See, he cast a demon out of a woman. And this is, I mean, that was like the warning sign that the Democrats were going off the rails on this stuff years ago when she said that. And here we are now. If Jesus Christ himself were the Republican nominee for the Supreme Court, they would accuse him of, of wholesale slaughtering pigs. PETA would come after him for that and everything else. Just ridiculous. And cheating death. They would come after him for cheating death because, you know, that's a, that's, you're not supposed to cheat death. It is 55 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. Let's go back to the phones. Tom in Atlanta, you are up next. If I can click the button here. Welcome to the program, Tom. Hey, Eric. You know, I, I understand that the contradictions that you pointed out are, are exactly why Republicans should probably be confident that Democrats will implode on this issue. But, you know, those contradictions kind of work both ways. I, I know you, you uh, played Mitch McConnell there, but it's kind of a contradiction for him to criticize anybody for obstruction with regard to how he held back all of uh, Obama's judicial nominees and especially Merrick Garland for 11 months. I mean, there are contradictions running all through this. Oh, there absolutely are. And the fact, listen, I think the Democrats, if they get back the Senate in January, if something were to happen to free up a Supreme Court seat, I mean, Senator Hirono Hirono from Hawaii has already said if Ruth Bader Ginsburg or or Stephen Breyer were to pass away or step down after January, they would hold that seat open for two years. And the Democrats would deserve, by the way, to hold that seat open for two years. Uh, Republicans set the precedent with Merrick Garland, and I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with them doing that. Uh, What I'm not okay with precedent-wise is the idea that a single allegation or now two allegations with no witnesses, no verification, uh, no corroboration, can scuttle a nomination because what we're going to have in that situation is everybody hurling allegations and it's just going to be complete character assassination. There's got to be some substance behind it. And what do we have with Christine Blasey Ford? She tipped herself she self-reported the Washington post collaborated with the Democrats, hired a lawyer who advises the resistance movement and uh, coordinated with Democrats to roll this out. And this other woman, no witnesses, nothing. She waited. She It took her six days of talking to her lawyer before she decided, okay, I, I think, I guess, uh, this was Kavanaugh, and then called all of her friends and said, please say it was Kavanaugh. None of this holds up. 